Yo, what's going on, everyone? It's Brian and Jim here with Drink a Beer and Play a Game, and welcome to another episode of The Power Hour. Yes, welcome, everyone, to episode 106. Hope you're all feeling good. Hope you're all recovered from St. Patrick's Day. And, yeah, we're, we're almost on the recovery train, so we're not going it alone tonight. We can't handle it. So we brought in some buddies of ours from the Hop Nation USA podcast. We have Adam and Steve with us. Guys, how are you doing? Doing quite well. Happy to be here. Uh, happy to return a favor. You guys were on our show a few episodes ago, so more than happy to come on your show and talk beers and talk games again. Yes. Make sure to check out episode 191 where we stopped by. I was very inappropriate as usual. Brian was respectable. Good times were had by all. <laughs> I don't know if I'd say respectable, but I mean, you helped me shine, Jim. By comparison. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you the last time I mixed three beers uh, of different pretty high alcohol contents like that. I felt pretty good afterwards. I'll say that. I got to be honest. Usually for these ones, I'll stick to the same one throughout or something with that one. Now I like doing that little mixture right there. Yeah. Uh, you know, our quarantine shows have uh, definitely <laughs> increased the amount of booze that we put in people. So, hey, that's what happens. <laughs> Hey, we all have to cope with it, right? <laughs> that's right. That's, that's what our goal is, to try to help people just get through this. You're not doing it just to drink. You're doing it for us. Yeah. That's right. Come because we're, we're givers. We're givers. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But speaking of your show and your increased drinking, boys, please plug away. Where can we find you guys? If you want to find us, all you have to do is search at Hop Nation USA, and that'll get you Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And that'll also just get you every podcatcher. We're everywhere. If I find a podcatcher we're not on, I put us on it. And I send strongly worded emails <laughs> for making me do manual labor. <laughs> and we always will have all the links below as well. But as you said, make sure you, sh you search Hop Nation or click all the links below. Um, now, more importantly, since you two are beer connoisseurs and I'm very curious, Jim usually lets me down with his selection. What are you guys drinking tonight? Well, I, I, first, I would not say connoisseur. I'd say <laughs> booze hound. Okay. More like it. Don't steal my words. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you're a, you're a malt liquor. I don't know what you call it. A no, it's a booze hound. No, it's a booze right. hound because I <laughs> encompass every bit of drink, whether it's malt liquor, steel reserve, four loco, vodka, whiskey, beer, ethanol <laughs> sterno straight gasoline yeah <laughs> anything from 1885 back to the future is what you're saying exactly so so don't try to, so don't try to be me and steal my gimmick <laughs> all right well then Take i guess it. i'll i'll just say that i i do have myself a bit of a fancy beer uh this comes from spoonwood brewing from right here in pittsburgh uh bethel park if you're a local uh and this is a beer called donut um, this is a Ooh. fruit beer, comes in at about 6.2% ABV. And uh, let me tell you what's in it. 496 pounds of raspberries, blackberries, and boysenberries. Uh, and if that wasn't enough, uh, they put a couple of dozen worth of uh, Bethel Bakery patchkeys, which are essentially, uh, I'll, I'll say, Eastern Block donuts. <laughs> nice. Say that thing Wunchkey. must be sweet as hell. <laughs> Is that, is, is that your Yinzer terminology you're bringing on our show? <laughs> no, Bunchki, that's, that's not even Yinzer. That's just, East, as Adam said, it's Eastern Bloc Polish ah. fucking donuts. But you got to say Bunchki. Bunchki. I apologize. I, 
and I, and I must apologize to my Polska heritage for screwing that up. Yeah. <laughs> That was the Irish trash in you saying Patchkey. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> oh, um, you don't like that too much, do you? <laughs> the, uh, is that one definitely like a, a sipper beer or is it like go down kind of smooth? It goes down relatively smooth. Now, granted, this is not one you're going to be hammering in a parking lot by any stretch of the imagination, but it's not really going to throw you for a loop either. It's, it's a dessert beer. Uh, it, you know, it's good to have next to a piece of cheesecake or something like that. If you're, you know, pinkies out drinking, if you want to be fancy, but yeah, it, it won't, it won't put you to the curb or anything like that. Nice. Now, how about you, Steve? What you got tonight? So Brian, you already mentioned about, uh, mixing beers mm-hmm. and I'm actually going to debut something for you guys on your show. Ooh. Yes. Oh, and I'm I, concerned. I, I, yeah, you should be Adam. You should be. <laughs> I am debuting the Chalice of Blending. Oh, shit. I I was trying to figure out how to best bring on the most Pittsburgh beers, uh, you know, at the same time to give your audience a bang for their buck. And uh, the Chalice of Blending is the way to do that because I'm putting two Pittsburgh beers in the same glass. Interesting. Black IPA and Imperial Smoke Coffee Stout. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> so the Black IPA is hailing from Grist House and beautiful Millvale. Uh, it is, uh, like you said, a Black IPA that is 7%. And the Clouded Distraction is the Imperial Smoked Coffee Stout from Hitchhiker. That's from Mount Lebanon or Sharpsburg, depending on where you pick it up. They got two locations. They're that big. Uh, it's 11%. <laughs> But they're both heavy, black, dark beers. They're both very, very bitter uh, for different reasons. And you know what? Blending them together, it, it doesn't make either one worse. It doesn't make either one better. It's just a fine drinker. Leave it to the Polish to outdrink the Irish. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> that I mean, it looks, from the pictures, it looks delicious. And I like the... Uh, so, I mean, are you getting more of a, like a smokiness? Is that coffee really still coming through over top of the black IPA? Cause I noticed every time I've had a black IPA, it's a little less hoppy, a little more subtle, maybe a little bit more malty. So I would think that the, uh, that coffee stout is really going to take over. So you actually, uh, the clouded distraction has its own balance of smoke and coffee to begin with. But blending it with the black IPA, you actually kind of lose the coffee but keep the smoke. Mm. The black IPA on itself is very bitter, kind of like coffee, but it just has that more vegetal bitterness to it that you would find, you know, from hops and uh, depending on what grains they used. So it's more, it tastes kind of like a a smoked black IPA in a way, Mm. but just uh, a wish, you know, kind of makes me wish there was more smoke to it. So did you just create a new style? Like that's going to be the new milkshake IPA? The no, nobody will buy that. There's, the fucking smoked beers and black IPAs do not sell well to begin mm-hmm. with. <laughs> so I can only imagine I'm one of three people who's into this. I'm amazed how few black IPAs I've been able to find or try. And the same with like Schwartz beers. Like I think I've only had 10 to 15 tops i just never find them anywhere so it always every time i see one i always grab it just because i'm like oh it's so rare yeah well i'm thinking 
like Schwartz beers, I'm pretty sure those are lagers. So mm-hmm. they're yep. even harder, like they're harder to make for yep. a smaller audience. At least like a black IPA, you can kind of turn it out really, you know, rather quick and then have people be disappointed and give you bad untapped scores. <laughs> like that's that's why all these fucking styles go away is because they get bad untapped scores because people are trash. Because <laughs> the beer talk about like that. Like that. <laughs> nice. I don't like different. Man. Well, that is one hell of a combination. So I'm going to just go ahead and say cheers to that. Um, I got to say, real quick, it's nice to see throwing two beers together with thought put into it for enjoyment and not the way we used to do it for punishment. <laughs> oh, we right. used to, Jim. We're going to do it again. Don't worry. I mean, we'll bring it back. Yeah. Um, one of the staples of every time we would do a drinking game is we would make a loser brew and it would be very similar giant glass. Um, one of the first ones was a skunked old, I think like Miller light and, uh, like one of the worst habanero beers we had had in a while. So I put those two together and then what was the next one, Jim? It was like a it was like a skunked shock top banana pretzel beer, and then with something else, and I can't remember which. Yeah, usually I just try to get two of the most like crazy flavors. Like the one was a really citrusy grapefruit IPA and like an old um like shitty stout that I tried. And I think Jim, you've drank every single one. Not every, most. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm batting so, like I'm batting like eighty percent over here. <laughs> so yeah, this is a nice change of pace. I like that. I like this idea. Yeah, well, I mean, if you, I mean, we're all Pennsylvania boys, so we know what a black and tan is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course, this is just the black and black. That's all. <laughs> I like it. So speaking about being a PA boys, I'm curious what you guys think of these guys. So I've been putting on the Instagram uh, for the first time, and I've seen they've gotten a ton of heat the past year. But Neutral Brewing, like, I've never tried anything from them, but I'm amazed how much these guys are getting, like, all the attention in the world. So I grabbed two of their IPAs. I grabbed their SOB Hill and their Tent Zipper IPA, which is their Hazy IPA. Um, have you guys tried anything from that yet? So, so oh, go ahead, Adam. I was going to say, I have not, but I, I am in the same camp. Uh, no pun intended there, but <laughs> it, that there is all sorts of hype around these guys. They're getting all sorts of press. Uh, but uh, from my perspective, since not, I'm not an IPA drinker, and that's what they've been getting a lot of their press on, I've kind of circled around them a little bit. Yeah. How about you? How about you, uh, Steve? Yeah. So I have had one IPA by them and one stout by them, and I was not impressed either time. So it's so. funny. It's funny you say that, <laughs> um, because you know I, I was looking online, and it's one of those things. Uh, I think we follow a few different beer sites, but then also on Facebook, and I always see these guys being like touted, mm-hmm. and. I was like, you know what? Let me just grab two. I'll try them out. So far, not bad, but it's like a lot of people who do IPAs this day and age. It's nothing spectacular. It's so in the middle that it becomes unmemorable. But from what I understand, they're almost like a tired hands in a sense that so much of their beer is not like a staple. So it's a very limited release. So it's... Even if you did like something, the chances are you're only going to have one chance to get it, except for, I think, like, 
four or five specific selections. That trend Jim and I talked about can get really annoying because it gets that collector mentality in the beer. Cause it's always like, okay, well, I don't always want to stand outside. And if I want to try something from a brewery, it'd be nice to be able to, for them to have like some reoccurring one. So if I know I enjoy them, then I will be more tempted versus some of these breweries that do just limited releases. And, you know, it, it just becomes like a hoarding game when it comes to beer. Yeah. Well, we actually talk about that on our most recent episode, 193. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're talking about how, like you're saying, Brian, it generates like this FOMO culture. Mm-hmm. And part of that is because a lot of breweries actually don't have a choice. Like they have to continuously put something new out all the time because other breweries, like bigger breweries like Dogfish Head and Sam Adams, they have the capacity to put out those staples, but also do new stuff every week, every month. So yeah, it gets hard. Uh, and then obviously it just kind of snowballed itself. You know, like it's, I think it started with those bigger breweries and trying to compete, but it snowballed itself into the FOMO of like always having to have something new, always trying to bring back customers every weekend. You know, you, if you have that same red IPA on every weekend, people aren't going to care. They're going to go somewhere else and you're going to lose money. So, yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great point. I mean, it's uh it's just a sign of times it's a short attention span i think of folks in general and like you said uh whether untapped is a blessing or a curse it almost has created achievement hunters as jim and i were for like when we first got xboxes it's like oh i want to do every challenge in the game and then i just keep playing new games to get the new shiny little thing and it it's probably the same idea you just want to keep trying new the idea of going back to the same old same old it's going by the wayside for a lot of people unfortunately yeah, I, I blame it all on Zuckerberg and shattering everybody's attention span. <laughs> <laughs> I blame it on Zuckerberg and following all of our little clicks on anything but Facebook and just shoving all these new beer ads in our face. <laughs> blame it on the algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what I will say for New Trail, like I said, this one, very, it's, it's like as average of an IPA as you can get. Um, I did have a few of the 10 zippers. They're hazy IPA. I do prefer the hazy or as they, you know, most people call it the new England style IPA just because it's a little bit less bitter, a little more citrusy. Um, and it just has a better finish like to me than a lot of the, the standard IPAs, but um, yeah, neither one blew me up, blew me away. So I'm kind of waiting to find, find one from them that, really catches my interest like if i had seen a stout from them i definitely would have went because stouts are my go-to yeah honestly the stout i had was worse than the (laughs) ipa i had so maybe don't go that way because they're known for their ipas for a reason i guess so what Mm. you're saying is that's the base for jim's next loser brew probably (laughs) oh it's 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 super like the one i had was super thin and like hardly any taste to it um so I guess one last note that I would have about that is like New Trail, they made the final four on that breweries in PA March Madness. Did. Yeah. So like we're, we're here saying like, you know, I, it's totally interesting that like none of us really seem to be blown away by them, but they're, you know, up to one of the most popular breweries in PA. They're the uh, flavor of the month. Like I said, yeah. not that I dislike tired hands. I've had, I have had some good things from them, but they, I feel like previously were the 
the every like everyone I knew in this area would go out there, stand in line for hours. And, you know, they had some interesting stuff. They were to me the first one locally that blew up the idea of the milkshake IPA and did a million different flavors. And some of their, their standbys they do have now. Um, but yeah, every week it was like, oh, green tea and ice cream. No, like it was like crazy, crazy ass flavors. Um, and it was one of those ones that I think the hype of the place and the exclusivity of getting it, it's like, it's just like game collecting. Like you almost go there trying a beer and you don't want to be the one to be like, it's not really that good. And everyone just agrees. Oh yeah, yeah, this is great. I was able to finally get my, you know, wait a few hours, get this beer. And there's no way you're going to convince yourself it was bad. <laughs> yeah. 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 But what about you, Jambers? What you got tonight? All right. I'm keeping up my tradition of not bringing a PA beer on when I have a bunch of PA beer guests on. So in keeping the gimmick going, I am drinking the Luska by the Agapogo Brewery out of San Gabriel, California. It comes in at 8.5% alcohol mixed with tropical sour IPA with mango, pineapple, azeca, Mexican vanilla bean, and milk sugar. This Luska is a type of colossal octopus with the head of a shark that resides in the Caribbean. They ambush prey from out of the blue holes found near the coasts of many islands in the Bahamas. Contains lactose. So what is it? A sour? It's just a sour IPA with mango, pineapple, Mexican vanilla bean. But it has lactose. So is it like it's supposed to be a milkshake IPA? Mm, Maybe. It doesn't say so. It just says tropical sour. And you definitely just get, you get pure pineapple at the end. Like it's got a nice medium light mouthfeel to it, but the end is just straight pineapple. Hmm. And, so and if you like per- pineapple, this is a sour for you. What and it isn't like overly that? tart either. 8.5. It's like oh, stupid wow. smooth for an 8.5. So if you want to drink some candy and get fucked up, this is a good one to do it with. <laughs> and now, somebody drinking- hasn't come up with that as a tagline for their beers yet. I have no idea. <laughs> I am trademarking that as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. So guys, what we usually do follow up on is uh, if you, either of you are gamers what games have you been able to enjoy or have you enjoyed over the past week or so? I'll go first. Cause I'll be really quick. I'm still trying to uh, take care of Tony Hawk's pro skater four. Nice. nice. <laughs> has that, has that been your main go-to for a while now? It, it has been since about 2004. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's one that, uh, it, cause I still have the PS2, PS2 tucked away cause it's, it's never going to go away. Right. Uh, And that's always one of the staple games that I always go back to if I, you know, if I want to just shut the brain off for a little bit and just let the thumbs work. That's always a good, good one for me. So I actually got back into that one a couple of months ago. And it's, it's nice to kind of go through the uh, story, I guess you could say. (laughs) Single player mode, more like it. It's nice to kind of revisit that a little again, a little bit of reminiscing. So I've been enjoying that. I like it. Now, do you get that muscle memory of like you probably used to be such a pro and there's that little like bit of rust you have to shake off when you yep. first pick it up? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yep. And, and then you start remembering the lines that you used to take and all the different ramps and stuff you used to be able to combine together. Oh, yeah. It all comes flooding back. Nice. Like now, it. did you play the uh, the remake of one and two that came out last year? I did not. I did not. I. Is it worth getting? I don't know. I don't have a PS5 or 4. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see. I was uh, 
every time these remakes come out, unless it's for a very specific title or for a very specific reason, I'm always like, do I need a remake? Um, it's interesting people we've talked to. Some of them are like, yeah, it's great because it's reminiscent of that or because they don't have their old systems. Jim and I are obviously collectors, so we keep all of our old shit. Um, I think it's probably interesting for a newer generation, but us that grew up with it, it's kind of like, eh, I don't need to play the remake, really, to be honest. But yeah, that's it, It's funny you say that, and my immediate thought was, if we weren't talking about video games, we could be talking about movies with the new Ace Ventura movie that's supposed to be coming out. <laughs> Wait, and what? it would be the same exact conversation. <laughs> They're making yeah. another one? That's that's the rumors that it's been greenlit for oh, a third no. one to come out. Oh, I, no. I'm actually shocked of people to not remake or continue things. I would have thought the way Jim Carrey's been over the past decade, he would not do something like that. So it is shocking. I saw that, yeah, that they greenlit it. Um mm-hmm. I don't know what they're going to do with it, but yeah, I don't know how that's going to play in this day and age. Like, I, I just don't, I don't know. Right. You think Finkel's coming back? <laughs> <laughs> Something tells me no, Jim. Something tells me no. <laughs> really? I think there's a chance. <laughs> Give the people what they want. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah. What, what about you, Steve? You, you playing anything? So we were just talking remakes and I'm playing the final fantasy seven remake. How you liking that? Uh, I actually do like it. Um, I guess my one problem with it is like it seems a little easy, and it's pretty linear. Uh, so I yeah I feel like it's and I know like I know it just probably ends way before it gets to the where you open up the airship and everything. Yeah, I haven't gotten through no spoilers, but I just assume that's where it ends because I feel pretty close to the end game at the moment. Nice. Uh, but it's yeah, it, I enjoy it for again. It's got that nostalgia, but also just you know, it's unlike the Tony Hawk Pro One and Two. Like it's got a real big graphical update. It's got mm-hmm. you know a whole lot going on to it. Uh, yeah, so I enjoy it. But I don't know. I I'll probably continue playing uh, as they release more parts to it. But yeah, I, I kind of just wish it was a little more open up. Mm-hmm. It seems to stop you. Like you try to explore at certain points and it literally just puts a wall up and says no 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 <laughs> go the other way i'm like ah come on <laughs> yeah that's what i've heard so have the um because i the biggest complaint i heard about it was like all the padding like depending if you consider it padding or not so did that really get to you or not or but does it flow decently enough no i think i think it has its own flow to it i guess if you're if you really remember the original mm-hmm. you'd be upset at the padding um, and I can see like where they just kind of stuck things in, but it has kind of its own flow of like, here's a bunch of side missions you can do to build up your characters and earn, you know, it, it's, it's glorified grinding because you don't have the, uh, you don't have random encounters anymore. Yeah. You can see the monsters pretty, you know, far away and you know where they're going to be and they kind of spawn the same all the time. But, uh, yeah, you have you have like these side grinding missions and then like you go to the story mission, you know, and you can do that without doing the side missions or you can do it right away. You know, it doesn't matter. But yeah, mm. it, the, the padding is mostly just a couple more story elements. And if you have a shit shit uh, Swiss cheese brain like I do, I don't remember, you know, most of the story anyway. So <laughs> it's all it's all <laughs> kind of new to me. I'm like, oh, yeah, I kind of remember City Bad 
<laughs> yeah, <Right. Lucian> bad. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Yeah, that's another one. Um, you haven't played that, right, Jim? No. Yeah, I, 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 I want to get around to it, but it's like Jim and I've covered many times on the show. It's like the backlog of other shit that you want to go through. I, I, I feel like this similarities with beer too. Like I always have, I keep buying new beers. And I'm like, I need to go through the other beer I have before I keep buying more shit. <laughs> and yeah, games are very similar, especially now with digital downloads, making it so easy. I'm like, well, let me stop buying anything new. Let me get through like whatever else I have. And it's a never ending cycle. <laughs> yeah. Well, I li- like, I literally put down control uh, when Final Fantasy came out on the the March free PS games, and so like I don't know if you guys played Control at all, but I, can't, I always I heard can't, good things. I'm hearing like Game of the Year out of that one. Yeah, I can't recommend that game enough. Like that game is it's so weird and fucking bizarre. Like if you have a background in X Files or like Twin Peaks or any kind of other weird, ah, uh, right up my sci- alley. Yeah, any kind of weird sci-fi detective show. If you have any kind of background in that, you'll love this game. Um, it basically just plays like uh, uh, Uncharted, but the the lore and everything that's so bizarre about it is like fantastic. You're not going to find. I can't think of any other game like it. Huh, cool. Just that tell that me the right combat's now. better than Uncharted. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a little better. It's it, you know what? It's actually more like Mass Effect. Oh, okay. Because right, because in. you there's a, there's a number of like uh, extra powers you get. Ooh. Hmm. Yeah, but it, nice. it's like it's like run and gun, and then also like psychic abilities. Nice is the, is the easiest way to explain. And and funny that you mentioned that you were playing the remake on your PS4. Now they just announced basically that they're not going to release. I don't think they're releasing any more of the episodes on PS4. It's all going to be PS5. Right. So are you going to buy the five, like you know, to keep going with the story? Would that be an incentive, or is it thing you're going to do anyway? Uh, I mean, I. I eventually we'll get a five but it, it's not high on my list to do but it's like when i do get a five yeah then i'll continue the final fantasy yeah yeah it's like a weird thing where like no one has any new games coming out but they're like oh but now we have exclusive content it's like shit that's where we're at now huh right <laughs> <laughs> gotta drive the market somehow jim all right so jim what about you what you've been playing i barely played anything this past week because i went to bed early every night like a little baby recovering from my hangover from last weekend so <laughs> it shouldn't take all week jim <laughs> i'm old i'm on the downslope of my prime the prime right, that so, i never hit so then what switch games have you been fucking around with because i know uh, you that's always the backup and i've i've basically been playing a lot of uh castlevania arcade collection whenever i get a couple minutes so i'll boot it on and i'll play some gradius or life force or some twin b or some um uh, Oh fuck! Scramble that like ancient one that they have on there, stuff like that. So, a lot Didn't of quick shmups. The that Castlevania I got collection, but then you no. just named all shmups. No, I said the arcade collection. You said Castlevania. Pretty sure you did. I mean, I might heard have. it too. I'm not the only yeah. one with Swiss cheese brain, so okay. I meant arcade collection. To... I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> uh, I mean, I meant Haunted Castle. I just played Haunted Castle the whole time. See, I was right. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Yeah, I uh for different reasons, not because going to bed early, just been busy doing shit. Um, I have played a tiny bit more Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Uh now that I've uh, been dealing with that flood that happened into my basement, I had to go out and get a new TV. Um, but 
I was able to keep doing Bloodthirsty Thursdays and playing that puppet combo game, the Nun Massacre, which, as I've said before, if you follow this channel, you know I've talked about puppet combo. Like for an indie developer, it's amazing the amount of games this one guy has created by himself. I haven't had a game give me a legit jump scare and I don't know how long. And unfortunately I was on Twitch and I screamed like (laughs) such a little bitch. I was like, "Ah!" like, I was like, I "I haven't had that happen to me. And I I can't even, I don't know how long. And I love that feeling. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep playing through those games. So that's pretty much where most of my attention has been for a while. Um, Hoping (laughs) to get back to finishing our Donkey Kong 64 so we can get that review out because that game is not fun. Um, Yeah. Yeah, that nun massacre, dude, those screams that they would have is like you would randomly be spotted by the way, by the nuns and shit like that or the demons and they'll start like throwing you around the house and crap. And isn't well, that recorded from like an actual 911 call so or that, something? That's or what's crazy. The guy who makes those games, his name is, it's like, it's like Benicio. I, I, I'm going to screw up his name, but he's an Italian guy who's been here for, uh, I forget how long, but he's obsessed with 80s slasher movies. So all of his games play like PS1 style survival horror games. Think tank controls from like Resident Evil. Um, but they're all basically set like 80 slashers movies. And this this game was supposed to be inspired actually by the newer movie, The Nun. And uh, the scream that The Nun and, and the chick have when she's being chased by The Nun was something that's available on YouTube. And I made the mistake of listening to it. But it's a legit 911 call where she's calling to report someone's breaking her house and proceeds to be attacked. And I, I'm oh, not shit. sure if she was murdered or not, but you hear the screams. And so you hear these just horrifying things in the game. And then when I was looking up information on the game and I saw that, I was like, that can't be real. It's real. I was like, God damn it. Like, so that adds to the creepiness of the game to a whole nother level. So, Yeah. I wonder what the legality is. I guess once it hits the news, it's public domain, making a little gamey little profit off of someone's life traumatic event. I mean, in real time. What I'll say is if he, if he, here's a question. If he is using that, he definitely did a lot of distortion. It's not a one for one, but you're right. I don't know legality. I, I don't know. (laughs) That's one of those. Like he shifted just enough that they can't go after him. I'm just like, If it is, it also could be like many things in video games. Could it just be like kind of BS lore? Like, oh my God, can you believe this guy used this? But if it's true, it's pretty fucked up. But yeah. He might have just vanilla iced it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The ding. The ding. <laughs> <laughs> or he was the actual attacker that they never caught. He recorded it the whole time. Oh God, and they decided like... to make a game out of it for the yeah. ultimate immersion experience. How ballsy would that be? <laughs> Oh man, that would be that would be some shit. It'll become a Netflix documentary in twenty years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm uh, this week. I'm hoping to get back to gaming a little more consistency, or consistently, I should say. Yeah. All right, Chambers. So, what do we got from our lovely Patreons this week? Patreon.com/slash Drink a Beer Play Game, where for as little as two measly dollars a month. You can ask a question that we will answer on each and every single episode of this Power Hour podcast. First up, from G to the next level, what are some of your favorite games with hip-hop themes to them? Mine is Jeff, yeah, Def Jam, Fight for New York, for sure. Cheers. 
Huh. I'll answer real fast because he took mine. So, yes, it is Def Jam Fight for New York. That is a – it's more fun than it has any right to be. I'll say that. And when I think hip-hop theme, I go right to that. So, yeah, I'm going with that. And, Jim, so help me God, if you say Parappa the Rapper, I will <laughs> oh, reach I through the camera that, and smack the now. shit out of you. Oh, oh Brian, that was, that was my answer. <laughs> <laughs> in honor of our most viewed video it has to be perhaps the rapper too but no i actually was gonna go with like strangely enough like ready to rumble boxing because just like the menus and like a lot of the way the characters act in the game it has like kind of a hip-hop feel to it like vaguely i, I can't say fight for new york too because that was gonna be an answer so. i was gonna say ready to rumble just has one character jim no no brian has more than one character <laughs> god damn it <laughs> I'm extremely white. I, I, have, a, I have a small pole to pick from here, bro. <laughs> DJ Hero. DJ, does that work? <laughs> All right. How about you guys? I honestly don't know that I can answer that question. I don't it's know a if unique I've one. Able... That is a very unique. That's a good question. That's yeah. tough. But I don't know but that I can answer. I that. would think like things like Jet Set Radio, or if you played, not that you probably would have, but like the Fifty Cent game. Which got terrible reviews. There was a fifty cent game? Oh, it was, was called like two of them, weren't there? One was called like Blood in the Sand. The other one I forget. It was like basically a shoot 'em up. It was Max Payne with fifty cent in it, is the easiest way I'll describe it. Oh. Yeah. There was a few and, very odd ones like that. Yeah, I I'll admit I don't know that I can answer that. I'm just How gonna would, be a bum guest and say, <laughs> Well, the only other one I could think of off the top of my head would be Toe Jam and Earl. Any of those games. Which, Jim, I'm yeah, shocked that, you didn't jump on that. Yeah, that should have been an extremely easy answer for me. But... <laughs> How about you, Steve? You got yeah, boy. The uh, uh, Wu-Tang. They had a, the fucking oh, uh, Shaolin wow. Chambers uh, fighting game. That was a four-player game. They did. Can't, that's the one that came with the custom controller? Or is that the uh, other one? Yeah, no. Yeah, I believe there was a custom controller that went with him. That was the Wu-Tang W. But yeah, it was like it was like 3D Mortal Kombat. The show was pretty tight. I like that one. Nice. Right, yeah. And well, wasn't there that like State of Decay that came out like after um like Grand Theft Auto 3? It was like Rockstar trying to do like the same idea, but with more like basically like in the hood or something like that, if I remember correctly. State of Decay is a zombie game, I believe. Yeah, I was gonna say, Jim, that's a oh, game. Oh no, we what the reviewed. fuck am I thinking? I'll have to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> you thinking about crackdown? No, no, no. He, no, he's thinking of Saints Row. Saints no, Row? No, not the Saints Row. No. Hold on. Right, See, move on. I'll come back to it. <laughs> no, no, no. But that, that is a good question, G. But I would say, yeah, I, I'm sure if we thought about it more, there'd probably be better answers. But no, that's, I think Def Jam would always probably go in that, that top tier of those hip hop style games. State of Emergency. That was the one. Oh, okay. Yeah, that wasn't really hip hop themed. That was just fucking riot themed. Oh, yeah. was it riot themed? Okay. Yeah, that was just like running through. A, that was just causing a riot and running through a riot. I remember those games. Okay. They were, they were sweet as hell, but yeah, they should bring those back. Jim's mindset: riot, hip hop, they're all the same. Man. Yeah. <laughs> just proving my utter whiteness here. <laughs> Great question, G. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, no, that was a good one. <laughs> Next up from Fifth Gen Mook: What past FPSs do you think have the best replay value? Are we assuming non like that don't still have a franchise going? I guess you can pick anything, really. 
Because I mean, if you pick pick something that's old, like if you pick any of the Halos, Call of Duties, or even Medal of Honors, I mean, so many of them still have games coming out. Um, One game that I always loved, that I think a lot of people loved, was from PS2. It was Black. Oh yeah, that was incredible. It might have been on Xbox, but I have for PS2. That was one of the FPSs. I was like, damn, this is awesome. So. To to me, that's a ton of replayability to go back and play, it, and it still holds up today. Adam, I mean, it, you can't have this conversation without at least mentioning Goldeneye. Yeah, for sure. You you have to have that. You at least have to throw that out there. But I'm not going to use that as my answer because that's too obvious one. But one that that ran fairly parallel with it, Perfect Dark. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I thought, especially with I'm, The Sims. Yes. <laughs> I thought that was that, and honestly, I played that one before I played Goldeneye, and I thought it was a little bit better. It is better. It's it's something that's not said enough. It's better. So that's the answer I'm going with. I'm going to redeem myself from the last round with a good answer this time. Nice, I like it. <laughs> and Jim, don't give me that look. Perfect Dark is better. More it's interesting better, weapons. It's better in theory until you try to play it in this day and age, or even back then, and you get hit with the goddamn blurry mechanic. Yeah. Especially if you're playing with like four player split screen and it goes down to like two frames per second and it's unplayable. That blur, that blur mechanic about- killed it for me. The guns were way cooler. The setting was way cooler. Don't get me wrong. It's, be- it's a better game in general. That goddamn blur mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, like the N64 needed more blur. And I love my N64. I'm well, a realist, just, Bri. Just stop playing your N64. That's all I'm going to say. Never. <laughs> I can't right now because you have my goddamn expansion pack. <laughs> so let me ask you this. With your N64, do you still have one of the old boob tubes or you have it hooked up to a flat screen? I have it on a flat screen. I should have it on the uh, – I do have a little tiny 13-inch CRT right next to it, but that's where I play the uh, the Coleco and the Atari. That's what I got hooked up on that guy. So everything else I've been able to – like I have an old plasma from like 2011, so it's still pretty good for like older signals. Like mm-hmm. any – like else – like else led screens these days and oleds and everything like that like they make it look like shit unless you have an upscaler but this one still pulls it off so right on yeah it's not that, a mess for me anything ps2 and older goes on an old crt that i have in the spare bedroom that way i could sit on the edge of the bed and play my play my ps2 looking at the 20 inch screen mm-hmm. feeling like i'm 16 again yep bottles right. of mountain dew everywhere <laughs> feeling i had doritos yep <laughs> now do you have the old rf daisy chain going for maximum convenience I do not. I do uh, not. <laughs> Got to go that step above. <laughs> uh, poor kids today. Well, not poor kids. Those bastards today won't know the difference for channel three and four. <laughs> <laughs> they all play Fortnite on their phones anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I do have an old CRT. Um, it's actually a decent size. What would you say that is, Jim, in my basement? What was that? Oh, like? that the one you still have? I still have that, yeah. It's, that's probably like a 26 or something like that. Yeah, it's a decent it's a decent size, but that's in my basement in a different area. Like Jim, especially like the chances are if I get a chance to play N64 or PS2, it's going to be for doing a review, so I'm recording the footage anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, it hasn't looked bad on the TVs, the games that I have done, but I still sometimes will like drag out the N64. Like Jim and I have like, Pulled it over to that TV. It just looks so much better. Yeah, nice. You got it. You got to have one hanging around just in case. Uh-huh. Always, but then moving that son of a bitch, man. Those things weigh like the, <laughs> oh, yeah. the amount of like five fifty-inch LED TVs these days. 
Nobody Do knows that. Do you still page. have that uh, 50 some inch uh, rear projection one in your basement, or did you finally get rid of that? No, oh, ball it out. No, remember we broke it on like one of my parties. Like we pulled it outside and got the sledgehammer and had to get did rid we? of it. I was yeah, probably blacked out by then. Yeah, you're, I think some of your friends were even over. I think like Ryan and some of them were there. Oh, was it that party? Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, we yeah. did. Because I was going to say, how the fuck did you get that up the stairs? Uh, like I got everything, Jim. That's part of the reason why I had two herniate discs in my back, moving too much heavy shit. <laughs> yeah, no one will know the pain of lifting those heavy ass 30 some inch rear projection TVs and then breaking the plastic as it falls on something. <laughs> Such a pain in the ass. But Steve, what about you? What about some FPSs that you still can go back to? So, I mean, like, it's been forever since I've played one, but just going along the line of uh, GoldenEye, Perfect Dark, and uh, time, uh, time Splitters is the next. Oh, in line. Those were amazing. Um, yeah. But my actual answer is Doom. Oh, you can't oh yeah. There. yeah. Naturally. Yeah. OG Doom. And like when you consider all of the modding that can that still goes on with original yeah. doom and doom 2 you know with like what is it extreme doom or violent doom ultra do- yeah yeah ultra brutal doom, doom. yeah brutal doom yep. that's what it is where yeah they like they start putting in close kills like the you know the current gen of doom so yeah it's uh there's infinite replayability as you put in homer simpson (laughs) (laughs) to to shoot with whatever guns they pulled from call of duty you know yep (laughs) yeah no those uh that that's that is the staple and i think the first fps i ever actually got into was on my like through dos and it was the wolfenstein games which Mm -hmm. obviously them do more time i couldn't believe like the amount of secrets you would find and all this stuff, like going back and how that played. So that used to blow my mind as a kid. So yeah, Doom, but for sure, took it to a different level. How about you, Chambers? I think I'd probably go with like the original Unreal Tournament just because like that was a game that no matter what, whether I'm playing online or if I'm just playing by myself, and it didn't really even have a uh, full-on like fleshed out story mode. Like it was always an arena shooter, but that's like the one arena shooter that I've always been able to play no matter what. I could just fill it with like tons of bots and still have a good time. And the AI was programmed good enough that like you couldn't just cheese it the entire time. Like if you turn the difficulty up, you still need to have like some skill and different strategy to survive a little while longer. And plus there's all the memories, the nostalgia of like, I basically joined computer club just so I could play on real tournament with like the other kids <laughs> after school. <laughs> like we were supposed to be sitting there working on their website. And all we ever did was play Unreal tournament or boot up some mod for Half-Life 2, whether it was Team Fortress or, like, one of those Dragon Ball Z ones that they had back in the day. Like, so that's all we did. That website (laughs) could go to hell. (laughs) Nice. No, but great question. And who asked that one, Jim? That was from 5th Gen Mook. Thank you, bud. That was a a great question. Yep. Next up from Burn Retinas. What are your top three favorite video game box arts, if you have any? Shit, that's a tough Wow. Holy shit. Boys need to go easy on us tonight. I can give you one. I can give you one off the bat. And then maybe I'll have time to think of more while you guys think of. But Resident Evil 2, the original. Yep. 
just that uh, fucking creepiness of like the zo- half zombie face and hand clawing and the hand clawing yeah 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 that like it just gave you such a sense of dread when you opened that damn thing up and like knew what you're getting into especially like in 1998 that was the scariest shit you ever saw <laughs> Oh, I was yeah. honestly one of the ones as I'm looking at my Resident Evil collection, I was trying to decide which one was my favorite. It was between that and I still love the terrible Chris face from the Resident Evil One director's cut that I have. Oh yeah. I don't know what they did to it. <laughs> I can never I don't and the weapon he ho- is holding doesn't even make sense. It's not a shotgun. It's almost like an assault rifle. I don't know what the hell it is, but there's like outlines of like spiders on it. It makes no sense, but I always put that there as like it sold me, whatever. Like, yeah, I had to go with it. Yeah, yeah. There's so many box arts that just like sold you something else that you weren't getting. Speaking oh, of sure. that, I would go with another one that I still to this day laugh my ass off. Uh, I go with the original Mega Man where he's just holding a gun. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, he doesn't. Even, yeah, you're like, what is this? Like, this is nothing like the game. And yeah, like. Uh, I think Jim and I did a ton of like cover art and we talked about these, like, especially from the NES, mm-hmm. the NES, I feel like was the last one. The Atari was great with those legit painted pictures, like haunted mm-hmm. house. Some of those look amazing, but the NES still kind of maintained some of those painted. And I feel like from there forward, they were more like, eh. and then it got more serious again in later gens. Um, the only other one that always was kind of cool was I loved it's a simple thing, but for Left 4 Dead 2, where it's the, the hand, and then it's just like holding up the two instead of the four. And it was like just a simple play on it. It's a goofy thing. It's a zombie. It's subtle, but it sells the, the picture all you need. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'd give uh, my other two. I would give them to uh, like uh, Monkey Island 2 and oh, um, uh, Sam and Max both of those okay. LucasArts games like because they had they basically were giving you like the art that you were going to see in the game so yeah Monkey Island too I, I do love that one that is a great one what about you Jim uh, alright I'll piggyback off LucasArts because it's for like a game I never played but like the cover art always sticks out of my head for like Day of the Tentacle just like That's bright, a good colorful oh, yeah. very, very yeah. stylized and like I said, it's like one that I, it was like one of the first ones I thought of. And again, like for all the bullshit games I have, that's one I never had. Um, I'll also go with like the Japanese cover for Street Fighter 2 because it just shows how bad we got fucked in the West. Because, uh, Jim, of course you would give a terrible answer. Right? It's not a terrible answer. You look up the guy. It's a terrible picture. answer because nobody that is anywhere close to us would have ever seen that. Right? 30 year old game people have seen it. <laughs> the Japanese version, they haven't. Oh, they have. <laughs> Look it up. You'll like it. It's good shit. Ah, uh, I'll have to come back to a third one. I'm struggling here. Yeah, I just thought of my third one. I'm just gonna throw it out there the original Castlevania. The the castle mm. in the background, him with the whip and the Dracula face. That that told you everything you needed to know about the game right from the cover. And of course, me loving horror games, had to throw it in there. Oh okay, yeah, I got my third. Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you son of a bitch. What? Tells you what you're going to get. Draws you in. It's an eye catcher. It's a perfect cover. What can I say? Is that why you never took the game out? You were too busy looking at the cover, you son of a bitch? Right. Who needs a game at that point? <laughs> Damn it. 
<laughs> Except for the happiness mini games, of course. How about you, Adam? <laughs> I don't know if I can follow that up. <laughs> Nobody can. <laughs> so it, this one's a bit of an odd one, and maybe it's just a little bit of nostalgia kicking in. But Toe Jam and Earl, I always like the, the cover art for that. Uh, because, it, yes, like a lot of games, the cover art was completely different from what you got in the games. That's simply because, you know, the graphics of the game couldn't keep up to what the artists really wanted. Yeah. But I, I really like that it had, you know, really different characters. And when I first saw it, I was like, oh, this looks really neat. I really need to check this out. And it drew me in with that. Which now, was... Oh, yeah, they're wild designs. Like, the whole thing was creative as hell. Yeah, it was uh, Earl with... Uh... Shit, we did all these games. Earl's the fat one, right? Yes. Yeah, he's he's like eating a burger and uh, toe jam. I always said right off the bat, the little innuendo of him having the third leg, just where it was placed. <laughs> they really yeah. beat you over the head with that in the third one. They did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that, that is it. It was always an interesting cover when I was a kid, too. I didn't understand it, but I was like, oh, like this, that's a cool looking, like interesting mm-hmm. characters. Thought very much like odd little monsters or like Ren and Stimpy design almost. The 90s were quite the time. <laughs> The further and further we have this conversation, the more and more we're dating ourselves. I know it's painful, <laughs> and I'm here for it. <laughs> what you don't you don't just like a guy standing in background or a guy facing screen with gun, <laughs> or a moody guy with gray color scale. God, orange and teal. Orange the colors and teal. are so good these days. Yeah, yeah orange, oh, and teal. orange, teal, pink. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I guess we're on to pink and aqua blue at this point. <laughs> Mm-hmm. As, as everybody adopts the 80s retro exp- uh, <laughs> I, I'll get I'll give you one one uh, one example that does not fit to that which is still fantastic Vice City oh yeah because that, oh, yeah. that was one of the original yes. 80s throwbacks right right and that look that style now GTA I feel like that was the main one where they took and said, we're going to use that as a template for everything mm-hmm. now. Yeah. The multiple little collage of pictures and the way it was done. Yeah. That, that is a great cover. That's a great yeah. point. So I'm going to take that as my number two. Okay. Nice. Solid pick. <laughs> right, Do you have three? Right. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Just say, just say San Andreas. And... <laughs> San Andreas was cool too. <laughs> Yeah, it was like that, but better. It was good. Yeah. Now, I, I, hmm. yeah, I got to say San Andreas because I can't think of another one. So I'm going to steal that. I it's, will take uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great question. That's a damn tough question. That it is, especially on the fly like that. On the fly, yeah. I, I know as soon as I, we're done, I'm going to walk. I'm like, damn it. There were so many other covers <laughs> I like. Yeah, I'm definitely going to need another beer after these questions are done. But no, great one, man. And last up from Alex Perez. What professional sport would be the funniest to add a mandatory amount of alcohol to? Darts, football, bowling? Question mark. Well, darts, uh, darts already is has right out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That already has a mandatory amount. <laughs> I've seen uh, that done once, sober. Uh, I mean, funniest if you have dark humor. I'd probably say swimming. If you were really <laughs> drunk, that could probably be pretty disastrous. Um, <laughs> But to actually see, I guess you'd probably have to go with something like soccer because they'd be tripping all the time. I, but then again, you could I'll apply that to everywhere. almost every sport. Like 
damn, that's a tough one. That's another tough one. I think you got to rip off the Simpsons and say softball, where after you you can't go past first until you chug a beer, and then past second. But I was going to say Jim, two beers. Just like darts. I can't chug. I know. No, I no, can't. no, no. But who plays softball sober? Seriously, yeah, like, that's, that's a good point. <laughs> like that's I've never played softball and been like, huh, I'm gonna do. It's like golf. Like you don't do that shit sober. You go after two short. So they so, put cup holders right in the equipment. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. So, man, what sport that doesn't really already do drinking? I'm the going name. with I'm going with polo. Yeah, the answer is polo. <laughs> polo. Let's get the horses <laughs> drunk. <Polo. laughs> take you take a bunch of snooty wasps, get them blasted. <laughs> Have them thrown up on their pants and the horses, you know, falling off the horses, cracking each other with mallets, <laughs> passing out on the horse, and the horse just wanders off in a different direction. <laughs> Goes, starts eating dandelions in the next field over. Exactly. <laughs> I'd pay good money to see that. And then you can increase it by also getting the horses drunk. You know, that's a whole Ooh. different league. I'm going to throw a twist on this and say sumo wrestling and the one that chugs the most, the fastest, they start at a better advantage point within the line. So Ooh. I want to see mm. how much they can drink too. <laughs> you get a couple skinny watch guys. That. Yeah. Chug I want to watch chug that them until they get fat. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that sounds like two different sports at the same time. Cause like you got to define the period of time for them to get drunk. So like there's an hour of pregame. Yep. As the as the wrestlers wrestlers prepare, they're all about ritual. Yeah, (laughs) sake bomb after sake bomb. That's right. Just getting getting drunk as shit and then trying to push each. I mean, yeah, I think uh, that would be interesting. You'd have to eliminate the first three rows. Viewing (laughs) like a calendar zone with the splash zone. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. exactly. (laughs) They're holding up the little things. (laughs) God. What about you, Jim? Ah, fuck. I can't just say polo like everyone else. Um, <laughs> no, let's go. Wait, do people? What about curling? Let's go with the Olympics over here. Mm, that sounds like a drunk sport. I mean, they're again. Canadian. They're going to be drunk anyways. Yeah, yeah it's goddamn maple. They got drinkers. their moose head. Yeah, you're talking Canadians, Danish, Scandinavian people. They're all drunk all the time. Yeah. So. <laughs> they they actually made the ice for it out of uh, Labatt. <laughs> they just poured it in there and froze it. Jim, you can combine previous answers and say water polo. Ooh, there you go. I'm stealing that. <laughs> I don't even... Damn it, Jim. <laughs> Jim, you could have picked the only sport, and I use sport generally, that you, you like to do. Which what, was drunk some, tennis? Yeah, some tennis. Some drunk tennis. That would be pretty funny. Oh, that would be good, because it would be. It would always end with someone, uh, the racket coming out of someone's hand, nailing someone in the head, and them passing out. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> At least a broken nose out of it. Yeah. Then with the thin blood from the alcohol, it's extra gory and bloody coming out <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> it's Mutant League Tennis. Come on. Oh, there's a game that needs to be made. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would support that game. Yeah, for I sure. Support in a second. I'm actually still sad that uh, they never made the guys who did Mutant Football League never did a follow up with hockey. Mm, yeah, because I, I, I messaged him. I was like, "Hey, you ever gonna do a hockey follow up?" They're like, "Well, football sells enough, and mm, guess it didn't happen." Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I'm just pissed they didn't do the 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 Big Four back in the day. Like basketball, baseball, like they just stopped at hockey and football. I was like, damn it. I guess the mortgage got paid off and they didn't care anymore. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's not much contact in baseball to begin with. The best you can do is like a spike as you slide in. Yeah. It'd all be like mines and shit like that. Like, yeah. But it would be great because if you, if it's something like baseball simulator 1000 where you have the special powers, like 
in that game, like you can literally hit someone with like a, a frigging missile and hit them into the outfield. Like as the catcher tries to get it, or, mm-hmm. you know, you hit a ball that's on fire. I could, I could see some things. You just have to, you know, get creative with it. Yeah. I, I, I guess at this point, like, there's no, you can, every video's done to sports at this point, and yeah. then just make it M rated and just make it violent. True. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could even, yeah, just turn up like Arch Rivals or NBA Jam and throw in a lot more kills in it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no, yeah, but that, good question. that is a great question. Oh, God, my brain's fried after all these fucking questions. But yes, thank you once again to all of our lovely patrons. And also, if you're new to the show, please make sure to not only check out the Patreon, but our iTunes page and all of our other things and our YouTube where we are giving away this copy, Castlevania 3, Dracula's Curse. So check the link below. We'll have the video with the rules. Basically, go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, leave some kind of comment, bash us if you want, leave a way for us to get a hold of you. And also go to our website, drinkabeerandplayagame.com, sign up for our mailing list, and you can get entered. So two ways to win. We take care of the shipping, open worldwide. All right. So thank you once again to all of our Patreons. But now we've come back with potentially some new beers. I know I had to move on. Um, I went through both new trail beers, and I already mentioned the Tent Zipper is better for being a hazy IPA. But uh, one of the new beers I actually just got also last weekend was the Victory Whirlwind Citrus Wit. So another PA beer. I had only tried it this weekend. All I can say is it's 5.2%, very citrusy. And for a wit, like like you would expect from all of them, it is that perfect, like, springtime, super light beer. Uh, A ton of, like, orangey citrus goes down really smooth. Um, Maybe a bit on the sweet side, which is a weird for a citrus beer. That's all I'll say. But it's not bad, like most things from Victory. It's pretty damn good. Interesting. Adam, what do you got? So once again, I, I have to represent the city of Pittsburgh. Um, so like Steve, I have myself a hitchhiker. Uh, this is their some mores. Ooh. This is a s'mores pastry stout uh, because thin waistlines are for suckers. Damn <laughs> right. Damn right. <laughs> uh, this clocks in at uh, eight and a half percent ABV. It's a pastry stout. It tastes like s'mores. There's nothing else to say. I do love a good. Did you uh, have you ever tried the? Ooh. Is it the Dogfish Head that had the Fire Camp s'mores beer? Sucks. Did you, did, did you try that? <laughs> but I'm saying, is that is that similar? Like it tries no. to be like a graham cracker, like cinnamon and all that shit. Oh yeah, it it, it attempts it, but it sucks. Yeah. Like this one, literally... however, attempts it and it succeeds. It's good. Yeah. Yes. So for something that tries to be s'moreish, what do you get more of? Do you get a little bit more of the, the graham cracker or the marshmallow or the chocolate? So that kind of all depends on at what point of the process you're in. It, mm. on, on the nose, when you first crack the can open, you get a lot of chocolate on it. But once you get into the sipping side of things, the graham cracker pops up a lot more. And the marshmallow is all kind of there, but you yeah. can't really goose marshmallow that much unless yeah. you pack it full uh but yeah it's it when you drink it it's more a combination of the graham cracker and a chocolate with a, the marshmallow kind of there as well so it, it, yeah they pulled it off nice yeah. plus 90 percent of the time when there is marshmallow flavor in it 
It's just vanilla. It's just vanilla. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. So like, yeah. Uh, how I about too. you, Steve? How's your uh, chalice treating you? Oh, chalice is gone. <laughs> uh, i've moved on and i've moved on to dessert okay but, uh, adam and i basically switched he was drinking spoonwood in the first uh bit and now he's drinking hitchhiker well now i'm drinking spoonwood and this is their flam basted which is a banana fosters oh yes uh it's a just an ale there's no real style on this thing it's just <laughs> We decided to make beer that tastes like banana fosters. <laughs> Drink yeah, it up this, and shut this, up. <laughs> this is something that came out of the lab. That's about it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, six and a half ABV. Uh, it's definitely dessert. It's really, really fucking sweet. Um, on the nose, you get a, it smells like banana bread. But if you guys have ever had the Wells banana bread. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So you know how that one like really tastes like banana bread. This one doesn't taste like banana bread like that. Okay. I can say banana bread another five <laughs> five times in a row. Yeah. But it's got that smell on the on the flavor though. It's a lot more like caramelly. Okay. And uh still has the banana flavor to it. Uh, there's not much like in the way of rum. Uh we've had a couple of these beers that are like banana fosters flavored, and none of them seem to catch capture that rum or brandy that it, you know goes along that makes the flambe i feel like you kind of maybe got to put it in the barrel to really yeah. capture that which they or, might be doing right now yeah well i was gonna say like i'm shocked because i i also have seen a few different bananas foster style but i've never seen them aged in the rum barrels like mm-hmm. the only the only beer i think i've tried in rum barrels was pumpkin and that was a weird yeah. combo of like pumpkin beer and rum barrels yeah but uh yeah, like I'm shocked more don't try that, you know. Maybe there's not as much of a uh, audience for it. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess all the ones that you all all the bananas fosters beers you're seeing, they're new. So like we haven't I mean, I haven't really seen that style in the past either. So I guess it's it's pretty important to really focus on getting this tasting correct before you put it in a barrel because that's an investment. You know, so if you put in something that's trash into a barrel, you just bought a barrel, ruined it, and (laughs) you just have barrel aged trash instead of regular trash. You you had garbage sit (laughs) and take up space in your barrel house for nine months. (laughs) So, yeah, nice. Yeah, it is amazing how wells that banana beer. Like it's still probably one of the closest, as you said, to banana bread. (laughs) Yeah, nice. So would you recommend it or is it like uh, it might be a little too sweet? I mean, if you're a, if you're into dessert and if you're into just having beer as dessert, because you're not going to drink more than one of these. Yeah. You know, if you, you can have just like a little dish of vanilla ice cream in this as your dessert, but yeah, you're not going to get, you're not going to get fucking toasted off this. This is it's too much. <laughs> so once again jim you can uh thank steve because now i found the second part of the loser brew ah. <laughs> <laughs> coming. as you have to chug it all down <laughs> well maybe for once i can step my game up i won't step my game up i'm screwed but uh for my beer i'll be drinking the nano there 
Nano Juice Smoothie from the Three Magnets Brewing Company out of Olympia, Washington. Hmm. So this is a tiny, hazy India Pale Ale brewed with a tiny amount of oranges and dry hopped with Pecco and Zeka hops. And I will tell you right now that the tiny amount of oranges is complete bullshit because the hops and it's like almost completely unsweet and like they just come purely squeezed an orange right into a vat of hops and it almost comes out so bitter it's just like drinking straight grapefruit juice like if you like didn't sweeten it up in any way whatsoever like the entire aftertaste just reminds you of that so if you like that kind of like super citrus bitterness then you'll probably like it but right now every step i'm kind of like Hmm. So, Jim, what you're saying is maybe you should have laid off the West Coast shit and stayed with PA beers. Yes, Brian, maybe I should have been there for once. But as we learned last time, I don't do this. <laughs> Stupid Tavor. <laughs> Look, I, have to, I have to enjoy my wife's lovely gifts of uh, craft beer boxes that she got. Me, so. <laughs> All right, Jim. Well, speaking of things that you enjoy that piss me off. Um, one of the articles you shared, and it comes to us from businessinsider.com, but it was in the news, and I did see this, was that Corona and Budweiser Parent Company, and if I have to say the name, we all know who it is, but they are suing the U.S. beer maker over the Corona hard seltzers. Just say AB and Bev. Just, just yeah. say the word. ABC we all, we are, Jim, they're like Voldemort. Um, but no, I mean, essentially what was interesting is I didn't know enough about the background that this essentially, uh, constellation had the rights to sell Corona within the U S because they were able to branch off from maybe InBev. Well, the, you, the United, the antitrust regulators didn't allow Anheuser-Busch to sell, like they bought, Grupo Medella who owned Corona and then, but the antitrust people were like, okay, you can't have everything. So you got to like, if you want to sell it in the U S you got to give it to someone else. So they licensed it to constellation. Yeah. So they're kind of constellation decided let's jump on Jim's favorite beverage, the hard seltzer bandwagon. Russian. (laughs) And uh, yeah, they've, I mean, granted it was a very small dent, but they started to make some waves and basically AB InBev said, the agreement they had with Constellation was that they could only do beer. This is a non-beer related product. So they're suing suing them for the use of Corona in this particular hard seltzer. Part of me is like, what else do you expect? It's kind of like when you hear Nintendo does fucked up things. But the other part of me is like, it's hard seltzer. So I don't feel bad either way. But I want, you know, what do you guys think? Especially Adam and Steve, because I'm, I'm very curious. So in the grand scheme of things, I don't care Yep. because I'm not going to drink <laughs> any of them anyways. And, it, you know, it Constellation and AB InBev, that's, you know, the meme of Godzilla and King Kong fighting mm-hmm. over the city. You know, it, it, everybody's going to be destroyed anyway. So what's it matter when those <laughs> two start to fight? But it, it, I, I see where... AB InBev is coming from because they they it, it's sort of like with trademarks they have to defend the trademarks and they have to defend the contracts so from a legality standpoint I understand it I but from the consumer side of things this was a shift in drinker profiles seltzers hard seltzers didn't exist three to five years ago or at least to the size of a market where it was worth looking at 
Right. So this is a market shift. And Constellation simply adjusted to the market shift. How is that wrong? No. If I if I if I had to back a horse, I'd have to back Constellation on this one. Simply because they were taking advantage of a market shift. Do you, guys, do you guys have any fear? Like you're saying, yes. Talk talk about the, <laughs> yes. I was gonna say talk about market shift and the way we've seen even like we talked about craft breweries going to changing their beer on a weekly basis because they want to keep up with the market. We saw the bourbon barrel aged everything. We've seen milkshake IPAs take a front line. Like we keep seeing that. And we even seen like, is it dogfish or I forget who it is who like start going into like gin and other shit. But do you think you start seeing craft hard seltzers? Oh, it's already out there. Yeah. It already exists. I'm, I, I'm both mad that I didn't know that and glad <laughs> I didn't know that. This is like when Jim tells me Twitter shit. I'm like, really? Yeah. Like maybe it's just so small in a section I don't see, but yeah, it's... we already have multiple breweries here in Pittsburgh that are putting out seltzers. Now they're not always putting out seltzers, but every once in a while they'll they'll put a seltzer out where you know once once every other week or so you'll see a new one come out. They stick the tip in, try to put their little piece in the pie <laughs> mm-hmm. there. Yeah, That's and see if anybody gets mad about it. <laughs> yeah, and even beyond that, like AB InBev has technically dip their toes into craft seltzer because ab inbev owns platform and platform puts out a uh, craft seltzer if oh. you consider platform craft which you know that's debatable yeah yeah but and brewers association doesn't so we usually don't and fuck <laughs> them anyway <laughs> exactly and it's kind of funny too because ab inbev already has the number three spot with seltzers with bud light seltzer Mm-hmm. And Constellations, the Corona one's number four. So it's like they're fighting for third place at this point almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I don't think the sixth place, you know, the 6% market share would make that big of a difference in the grand scheme of things. But yeah, because what's the number one and two, Jim? Was it uh, White Claw uh, and White Truly? And Tru- which is White Claw was the people who do uh, Mike's Hard Lemonade. Yeah. And Truly was by Boston Beer Company. Boston Beer Company. So mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, and it's not even close to that third place, right? Like, don't those two alone hold like 75% of the shares of seltzer? Yeah. So it's like to Adam's point, yes, from it's almost like if they don't stand their ground, defend the legality of the name, then what could happen? But who the hell else is really taking Corona and like using it for other things? I'm I'm with Adam though. I just I don't care. I'm just like right. You know what? If it melts down all seltzer, it wouldn't break my heart. <laughs> yeah. I I could probably see that it's going to wind up, Constellation is going to have to wind up like just paying a share of mm. what they make off that Corona. Mm-hmm. They'll probably actually still be able to use it, mm-hmm. but they'll just have to pay a share to AB InBev. And because AB InBev has two more brands that, uh, that do seltzer, they have, Nat, uh, they have Natty Light Seltzer. Oh God, that has a seltzer? Oh, yeah. God, you just gave Jim a new drink for a summer shit. Uh, Somebody oh. just had themselves a good day with that information. Oh, man. Please tell me Keystone has one now. Uh, I don't know. And then uh, they have another oh, brand. They have another brand called Bon and Viv. And that's kind of like, uh, I don't know, Sun Hat Girl fucking seltzer. It's Bartles and James for the 21st century. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, That's all they it just, is. They just try to not tie it into the rest of their, because obviously Natty Light attracts a certain audience. 
Bud Light attracts a certain audience, and then Bond and Viv is just trying to, you know, put a net out for the rest of the people, and hopefully draw uh, draw away truly in White Claw. And, and you know what's funny? Like we're talking about, they're they're fighting over the argument of this third, fourth place. AB InBev, like, wouldn't you almost think, with how huge they are, they would go after? I don't know how big Mike's Hard Lemonade is, but wouldn't they just try to incorporate them in AB InBev almost at this point? Um, I, maybe it's so big that I'm not I'm underappreciating how big they are. I, I always knew Mike's Hard Lemonade was like, oh, it had a flash in the pan when it first came out. That, like Twisted Tea, all that shit. Uh, maybe I'm just out of that scene. Is it still going as hard as it always was? Like, is that seriously still selling like it was? And maybe with these seltzers, they have a new new foot in the game. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it is because, like, Boston Beer Company, they own uh, Twisted Tea. Which that and, makes sense. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. Like Sam Adams. So that's their true competition, like Jim right, was yeah. saying. <laughs> yeah. That's the direct competitor to Mike's Hard, really. Uh, it's just, uh, it's interesting that Mike's Hard isn't owned by somebody else and they didn't sell out. Yeah. It's yeah, kind I never of, even knew that. I thought it was just like a branch off some like bigger company. Yeah, that that's yeah. what's almost the interesting part of this whole article. Does, to me, does right? that make them craft? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Jim Sam Adams is the biggest craft in the country. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's I just like dangling. Yeah, yeah, it's just owned by an investment group. Um, yeah. The same way, like there's a there's a lot of brands out there right now that are just owned by investment groups. We talked about. Uh, one of them it might even be pbr pbr is just owned by an investment group hmm. but they contract miller to do all the brewing for them mm. so yeah it's a, it's definitely an interesting article jim and i'm uh i was gonna ask i'm not asking if you tried it i was gonna say what did you think of it because i'm sure you did try it no i've never had corona seltzer really you've yeah. had every ter- every time i've ever seen a seltzer has been at your house so yeah, but I, for the most part, it's either been truly or white claw. Then there's that one time the craft beer box gave me a seltzer, and I was pissed off about that. I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> like I did get a craft like <laughs> seltzer out of that. I forget where it was from. I'm not somewhere. paying you for this. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, "God damn, you're like that's ridiculous." <laughs> it's like getting an Omaha Steaks box with fucking broccoli in it. Yeah, you're like, what <laughs> the hell? <laughs> yeah, so we'll we'll follow up with this uh, once we see what comes out from the case. Like a lot of these big things, but it's interesting little shift in uh, the seltzer world. But ABM we love our beer lawsuits. Is, There's so many. Yeah. Well, it's just like like you said, they're equivalent to Nintendo with the shit Nintendo pulls on video games. So, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see. But all right, Jim. So what is this next? <laughs> I've read it. I watched it. And I was very disappointed. Well, but you're you skipping ahead, Brian. First, first weird... up... Oh, oh, yeah. This one from Kit. Yeah. So next ahead. up comes from our buddy Kit. And he gave us a simple idea. And I thought it'd be good for a beer episode like this. If we could design our own bush gardens, what would be in it? Not bush. Good start. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that. Not bush. Mm, I would just make the equivalent to Hershey's World where you get all the samples of chocolates, but just do them with beer. And obviously, since we're in PA, I would make it all areas of PA. So like at Disney World has all the little... I've never actually been there, but you know, they have all the like go around the world. 
It's go around PA. In each section, you would have beers from each area, get drunk, and then do to incorporate what we talked about earlier, you have to do drunk sports after drinking all the beer. So sumo wrestling, <laughs> polo, and everything else. Water polo. There you go. <laughs> hey, Ian Scott, I'm going to get up on a horse all drunk and shit? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Just and waivers out the ass. We spend all of our money on waivers that we give. Them <laughs> It'll be like what was that documentary? Was it HBO Traction or Netflix? Park. Yep, exactly. Oh yeah. yeah. It'll be like ah, whatever. There's some deaths, but you know what you're coming here for. <laughs> that place was absolutely wild. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's my park. I I, I kind of want to go the same way that Brian went, but I I actually want to incorporate the way Epcot Center has like uh, cuisine around the world. I would like to have booze from around the world because there is a lot of like up and coming craft uh, scenes like in Korea, in Japan. Yeah. And plus you have like the old staples from like the Czech Republic and Austria and Germany. So being able to get a hold of things that you couldn't get anywhere else in the world. I mean, that would, I think that would make the price of the ticket worth it. No, that's a great point. Now, have you ever done straight up Epcot and done drinking around the world and gone through all the continents and had a little bit from every spot? I was not old enough because I don't go to Disney parks as an adult. (laughs) (laughs) Good answer. Well, spice on that one, Steve. (laughs) No, no, Steve, one thing, it's funny, uh, before Jim justifies why he still goes, um, (laughs) is... uh, My turn. One of the funny things was when we first started the site, like I was part of the rare beer of the month club. I don't know if you guys ever signed up for those, but it was literally beers from all around the world. So I got shit from like Iceland, from uh, like South Africa, from I think Korea. And like one of them was from Italy. And I did some research and I'll say some, I spent maybe a few hours tops, just like, okay, like beers in Italy, other than the macros, there was the craft beer scene, especially when we first started this, you know, you're talking 2013. Mm-hmm. And I was just talking about like, hey, it's nice to try something from Italy. Like that was not just Peronis and all this other shit. But <laughs> man, the this was one of the few articles that got a bunch of shit. They're like, there's a big craft scene here in Italy. Like you just don't know. Like what the hell are you talking? Like I was amazed how passionate they were about like, me just talking about the fact that you don't see a lot of good craft beer coming out of Italy. Right. I was like, all right, relax, like chill the fuck out. But like, <laughs> yeah, I feel like across the world, like um, that is growing. And like you said, especially I think in a lot of Asian markets, it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's picking up steam. I mean, it, yeah. <laughs> there's only so much as uh, what the hell is it called? A, a sashi that you can have. Yeah. Sashi and Sapporo. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we talked about it I, a long episode ago. I can't remember. But, like, one of the things about Japan is, like, home brewing is illegal. So, really? Yeah. So, a lot of people who started breweries were actually getting homebrew equipment from uh, American expats who were just leaving their equipment there in Japan and then brewing illegally. But that's how they got to practice their craft. Uh, nice. it, it's something that, like... In America, like homebrewing was legalized in the 80s by President Jimmy Carter. Thank you, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. 
but that's what that's why we see the current boom that we do because everybody was able to practice their craft and then start opening up breweries in the 90s because they had 10 years of homebrew experience in japan they weren't able they weren't able to have that homebrew experience because it was illegal but now you see it a little bit more and now they're finally you know burgeoning their beer scene because of that that's that's actually like i said i do like that it's funny because i know the lager scene did have a big uptick and i know bud was like the number one selling beer in japan for a while but that Mm -hmm. is like yeah it always it is interesting because i feel like the more you see different markets in other parts of the world what i think of is funny is like i'm just imagining like germans belgians like these goddamn Americans and their craft beer and all this shit they're doing. They're like, what the fuck is this? You know, like what's going on with these guys? Yeah. We wipe our ass with tradition. That's hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say, they're going to look at our beer like the same way American, like people who love craft beer look at like Bud and all that. They're looking Mm -hmm. at all American beer. Like you guys are garbage. Pure derision. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Ryan Heights, Kabuk and Ryan Heights get the fuck out. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Steve, that's a t-shirt idea. Write that down. Sure. (laughs) All of our brewer friends will be mad. (laughs) (laughs) So the one thing I think would be really interesting to add to this, because I really like this Epcot style idea, is we need to have a world of tomorrow where we can have sort of a a pilot system there on site that all these different countries and, and all their brewers can get together and try to figure out what the next big thing is going to be and try to highlight that. Because you beer know, flavored you, dipping dots. It's <laughs> it's the beer of the future for the last thirty years. I thought but we already it, had that with all the people who were recycling poop water into drinking water and then brewing beer with it. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's a very California thing. Yeah, oh, it is. Okay, we've, say we've no more. Talk, yeah, no, we've talked about that too. <laughs> Maybe I just we, blocked that out of my memory. Yeah, because it's terrible. <laughs> it's I'm not drinking idea. poop water. I'm not. Matt <laughs> breaks up there with vagina yeast. <laughs> yeah, oh. That and uh, what was the shit the dude from Dogfish Head was using when he was using the old uh, the old technique of chewing corn and spitting it into oh the... chicha, yeah. chicha, yep, yeah. It's like you know some traditions. I'm cool in that. I don't only try them all. You know, like it's just cool. That was a thing. Yeah, Sorry. that was a thing from like pre-colonial days. Yeah, it's like yeah. that's cool. I respect. That's what they had to do. That's why we don't have to do them now. <laughs> right, drink the pussy beer. <laughs> Damn it, Jim. Jim, what's your idea now? Ah, oh, fuck. I had all this time <laughs> to think of one. <laughs> but no, uh, God. I mean, I was my first thought was to rip off both Simpsons and you with, with the small world thing. Only the requirement is as you go in there, you have to drink the water, and the water is made of straight beer as it's going around. <laughs> and that's how you become the lizard queen. That's goddamn right. <laughs> Damn it, Jim. But uh, you have to have some kind. I think you have to like have like the hangover simulator. So it's like, you know, one of those total worlds, but like the gyrosphere spinning things. Only you're on there, like, again, signing a waiver. And you're on there for like a good five minutes straight. And you're basically just like, uh, Brian, you're the one who paid attention in class. What's the uh, thing that spins and separates all this shit in the little medical vials? The centrifuge. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. So you basically become like, you know, on the cusp of becoming a human centrifuge, coming out <laughs> as fucked up as humanly possible. So, but Jim, if you're recreating that college like hungover scene, then do you have a line of chicks that just say no to you after one after the other? 
<laughs> that's the fast pass. Yeah, that's the fast nope, pass. No, nope, no, no. <laughs> just lose a little dignity to get on the ride faster. No. <laughs> Some small sacrifices have to be made. You you put a toilet in the middle of an ice rink and you have to try to get to it to puke. Like you do. <laughs> no, oh god, no, no, to go on your thing. You had, yeah, fuck. Okay, you put a toilet in the middle of the ice rink as everyone else in your apartment's having sex but you. So you go out, but they all have the bedrooms with the bathrooms. So you go outside and slip on ice and crack your ankle on all of your own pisses because you're drunkenly pissing outside in ice. So I don't know who that ever happened to. I don't want to talk about it. That's a really long name for that ride. (laughs) But you know what? If people see a line, they'll sign up for it. Yes. All right, so Jim, I think you got shoot the hippopotamus. (laughs) (laughs) Jim, I think you got the winner for the the places. Yeah, for once. (laughs) And actually, to answer your question from before, I was in a wedding, so that's why I did the drinking around the world down at Epcot. So, Mm, okay. (laughs) And yeah, we actually did that twice, and we. If you want a way to get like legitimately like ridiculously drunk, like that's a good way to spend the day down there. Oh, I'm sure. Like I I knew I was a little saucy in the beginning, but oh yeah, yeah. Obviously. I yeah. I still think like I still think I would try to do that one day if I had money. So <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually I don't remember being like as expensive as you would expect. I I think we had also we had the wedding passes and like the group bundles and shit like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, like the we did the like two days and the first day we got ridiculously drunk, and then like the second day we did I got like heat stroke in the middle of it so like we're in the middle of like, a rainstorm and i'm like <laughs> just sitting there just like profusely sweating in the middle of like i'm basically sitting in the middle of a rainstorm as it started happening because it was the only way i could cool down so that was that was another experience yeah that sounds like florida or new orleans yep. yeah pretty yeah. much it, it, it happens in either <laughs> yeah you want four thousand percent humidity there you go yeah nice no but kit that is a great question i do like it so thank you for sending that forward um oh jim i I really want you you posted this last week and i really want to talk about how ridiculous because it's something i think you would probably get too much enjoyment out of how ridiculous (sighs) and unnecessary that it is yes yeah it's Uh, a thing we try to do recurring with the weird gaming items so one brave soul uh youtuber named bob wolf decided to put the movie tenant the latest by christopher nolan on the game boy player video cartridges so i believe it is a two and a half hour close to three hour movie and he downscaled it to 190 by 128 resolution goes about six frames per second goes on five cartridges and yeah you can play the entire movie that way but why that's that's <laughs> the million and ten dollar jim and i always get in these arguments and i'm always the guy that says why and jim just goes but it's funny and i'm like but why not but funny is funny but like this guy went to the effort to make cartridges do, like do you guys want a reason why like i didn't even uh, read the article but i know the reason why you would do this to christopher nolan because he made such a big ass stink about tenant needing to be viewed in a theater on the proper mm-hmm. screen size. He was being such a dickhead about uh, maintaining the resolution of his film and he didn't want to fucking put it out on streaming the way everybody else was during 2020. Yeah. So this dude, necessity. yeah, this dude, I like this. I mean, the film guy in me, cause I went to film school. That's what I do for a living. I do editing. I do all that kind of shit. 
that person in me hates this. And he's like, you're being an asshole. <laughs> but also the nihilist in me who doesn't really give a shit about Christopher Nolan's snootiness says, ah, this is funny as hell. <laughs> so I read into that. So yes, you are right. Like there was part of that, but also it seemed like the person who did this just really hated this movie and felt like it was one of his worst. So he yeah, was, it was it also sucks. a big F you. And it's like, I'm fine with that, but you being an editor and someone who can appreciate that, like imagine the time waste you have to put like, it, oh, yeah, it's yeah. like, it's such a passion project to a degree where I go like, is it really going to be worth it in the end? Like all those hours, like really dumped into it. Like how many people, like he, I assume, and I really hope he only made the one set of copies yeah. to just demonstrate. He did. I, I think he did. But it's, 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 it's a petty as fuck art project. Oh, yes. Yeah. And I would, I would appreciate it if there was a way he could display it. Like if he could put it into a gallery to have people just walk by to see Tenant playing on a Game Boy, <laughs> like there's something you know, there's something very funny about that. But yeah, the where's the payoff? That could... That's my yeah, problem. Yeah. Is like you're gonna go. I'm cool with pettiness when there's the payoff. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, you watch his video, you watch everything. There's no payoff. It, it's kind of like you didn't show anybody anything you didn't like really like stick it to any so it's like at the end of the day it's like why and, and it's like i appreciate it like hey I, i'm all for like a grudge a pettiness whatever like you said when it, there's a payoff and this is just a different level and yeah, it's like such a i would have even been like you know what just put it as an fmv on ps1 so you right. only save yourself one or two discs, not doing all the whatever you had to do Too to get it down. Easy. <laughs> I don't know. This is just a different level for me. Yeah, yeah even it's with a- the payoff, like you know, for as much as I saw it get passed around, like about the article, like not to scoff at 360,000 views, but I would expect way more from something like that. I mean, I guess people can overlook the amount of pettiness there is there. I, I don't know. That's uh yeah, I don't know. I I kind of feel like he sh- he took his shot at something that one like I didn't think of Tenant like I I do like Christopher Nolan films. I did not. This is probably the only one I didn't see, but I did hear a lot of bad things. I know the bullshit with how it was released. But at the end of the day, it's like it's not like it was such a big movie like something else that if you did it to you would have got the attention. So it's mm-hmm. like you almost picked a semi-obscure thing to really focus your anger on. Yeah. At least, I, oops, sorry. I was going to say no, you got to you got to release the GBA Snyder cut now. Yeah, that's what I I, <laughs> I did want to say that at some point because like you know, he put it out in four three and that's pretty much the Game Boy Advance fucking resolution. Yeah, <laughs> that but, would uh, make more sense to me. Like that, yeah. and that is a legit thing that's going to get more traction. It would get more like ha-has, but. Yeah, it's definitely more timely. I again, it's just it's just being so petty and like Nolan was such an asshole about re about releasing this uh, it, subpar movie because I did see it. It's not that good. Like it is probably his worst film. So like he made such a big stink about everybody watching it the way he wanted, mm-hmm. and it's very similar to uh, David Lynch. David Lynch has. He has spoken about this in the past about people watching films on their phone and how it's just such a fucking waste of the artist's vision. Mm-hmm. 
And that's true for David Lynch and other filmmakers in his caliber. I don't put Christopher Nolan in that caliber, but I think Christopher Nolan puts Christopher Nolan in that caliber. (laughs) (laughs) So by taking his film and reducing it to something so trash and unwatchable, you know, again, you're just being petty and, you know, there's no payoff to it. Uh, yeah. If you did it if you did it to a David Lynch film, you'd get way more anger at you. So maybe that's the way to go. So yeah, it's hard to say cuz like you did it you did it to a shitty Christopher Nolan film. You're just you're just aiming your anger at Christopher Nolan. Yeah, the, it just it's like anger anger something's going to get at least views. I, I don't know. It just seems odd, but I do love I mean Jim comes up with these very interesting weird gaming items and it fits the bill perfectly in this time. So congrats, Jim, you son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's got passed around so much. I was like, well, this is making my life easy. <laughs> son of a bitch. All right. All right, Brian, time to put them to the test. Yep. All right. So now we have reoccurring bits and this is Jim might not have been able to share it with you right before. Oh, I did it on purpose. Yeah. Oh, great. So, so, uh, the first bit is it's usually called overrated, underrated, um, where we will pick a specific topic and say, is it overrated? Is it underrated? I left it a little more open-ended and I wanted to get your guys' take. Um, what do you think is the most overrated and underrated beer style that you've seen right now? Overrated, uh, hazy slash New England IPAs. Underrated. I I I'm gonna go with Hefeweizens. Okay. Oh, good pick. Nice. They right. they aren't produced nearly as much as they should be, especially with people that really like the, you know the I'll say the the fruity beers, the kind of dessert beers. If you get a good banana e Hefeweizen, it fits right in there. Nobody makes nobody makes a lot of Hefeweizens anymore. You have your classics, you know mm-hmm. your Franz's Connors and stuff like that, but. It's not a consistent style by a lot of craft breweries, and that pisses me off. Yeah. You know what's weird? When we went to Tennessee for Brian's bachelor party, every brewery we went to had a Hefeweizen out of nowhere. Like the really? place you would least suspect. Yeah, but the distribution was it was small. It yeah. was like a ten block radius. You know, they're very small. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they were they were pretty hip on it. But yeah, no, Hefeweizens, that's one that's one of the many styles that's not touched. I mean, we talked at the beginning of a few styles that aren't but yeah i want more heffies in my life i like it (laughs) how about you steve so again overrated it's the hazy ipa yep like it in it's gotten so disgusting because like trillium and treehouse are obviously known as like the pinnacle of hazy ipa styles Uh, but we have had brewers from trillium consult with breweries out here in pittsburgh at least three i believe and he's imparted his knowledge to those brewers so you can assume that those brewers are making beers comparable to trillium level as well so they're not that special anymore Mm -hmm. and it's the same thing that you're seeing you see that right now with the way people are discovering uh pliny uh the elder and uh there's another beer out there that's like been a long maiden stay but it's just now reaching the east coast uh, Pliny the younger no <laughs> no 
but you, you see that with Pliny the Elder, like as it's gotten to more people, people are realizing, oh, it's not that special. Oh, uh, Hetty Topper. Hetty Topper mm, is yep. the other one. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. It, was, it, was the, it was the OG has hazy IPA. But if you compare it against everything else that's brewed today, it's not that much better. special, yeah. Yeah. So I think Trillium and Treehouse, within probably the next five years, maybe, they're probably going to lose a lot of the shine. And then hazy IPAs in general might just lose the shine and people may move on to something else. Underrated, I'll give the brown ales. Just again, Ooh, that's a good answer. Yeah, nice classic. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just it, it's just a style that's not produced as much, but I feel like you know you could there's a lot of play within that style because you don't have to make it as harsh as a stout. You don't make it, have to make it as desserty. You could go for more spice. You know, I've had a couple peppered brown ales that aren't too bad, and then also they're great for Christmas ales. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, that's a good answer, Steve. Damn. All right. So, yeah, Steve, I think uh, brown ale is a great answer. I don't think I'm going to have as great of an answer as yours or Adam's, to be honest. Um, But for overrated, I'm being a little more general, and I'm just saying the atypical IPA style. Only because the only thing I enjoy about the hazy IPA, even though it's bastardized at this point, is it's a little different for me. I've had so many just straight as they're labeled IPAs. So many of them blend in that to find one that stands out is like picking a needle out of a haystack. So for me, that is just a style that's from the time we started this website, we saw the exponential growth of that style and they just keep now changing it. Hazy, double milkshake. Like they just add little adjectives in front of IPA and it just, it, at the end of the day, it's like too much of it is similar. But for underrated, <clears throat> I thought of trying to use a style that, like you guys said, brown, Hefeweizen, ones that I don't see that much. But one that's out there that I've seen a few times on craft that I loved is a good just Pilsner. Like when I see like a good Czech Pilsner or a craft Pilsner and it's done right, like to me, that is the ultimate session beer when I'm hot as shit, when I'm just like, I just want a simple beer to drink, da da da, da like nothing fancy. That's a good style to go to. And when it is done right, I appreciate the shit out of it. But the problem is when you hear Pilsner, you only think macro at this point. Mm-hmm. So I, I wish, and I know it's not the easiest to brew like most lagers, but that's a, like just such an easy go-to that I would love to see a little bit more of that being applied to some craft brewers out there. Well, the other nice thing is with the Pilsners is if you're hanging out with somebody who isn't a craft beer drinker, hand them a Pils. Yep. They'll love it anyways because it's it, you're right that it is similar to the macros. So it's something that they're used to. It's what they think as beer, which is a perfectly valid opinion. But you don't have to explain or try to, you know, get convince them or anything <laughs> like that. It's just here, you'll like this. Just, just drink it. this. Yep. Just drink it. Yeah. It's what you think beer is. Yeah. Like the Victory Prima pills, that's been my handoff to, like you said, people who never try craft beers. And mm-hmm. it's like, all right, just try this. Oh, you like this? Okay, now try like I'll slowly leak them into other ones. But it's a gateway. Yeah. It's a gateway beer. Yeah, but it's like, I feel like it's one of those untouched because it's so, like, you think Pilsner, 
of any beer style, I feel like that's the go-to what you would almost assume of macros. And you could almost throw the term lager, but really we're talking pilsners that everyone assumes that's like a macro style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good answer. We got good answers all around. Yeah. Oh shit! Now come on! Oh, the heat is on now. Oh god! All right, Jim's Uh, like underrated as IPA. (laughs) I don't feel like it's represented enough. No stouts. (laughs) My overrated is going to be like anything with like milkshake in front of it, milkshake stout, milkshake IPA, stuff like that. Like they never live up to, like they were never like creamy enough. They're never flavorful enough. It's almost like they poured the tiniest little bit of lactose in there and they're like, oh, it's a milkshake beer now. And every single one that I've ever had, I'm just like, eh. Like, if you guys have any you could recommend, please throw them my way. But uh, have you had anything from the Decadent Brewery? I don't think so. Yeah, check them out. They make some of the thickest, most disgusting dessert IPAs I've ever fucking had. But you'll never complain about it not being thick enough. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's a good way of putting it. it. They are so dessert disgusting that you don't even recognize that it's an IPA. Interesting. All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll give that a go then. <laughs> Jim, do you really just want whipped cream and cherries on your beer? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> maybe. Maybe, not- a, maybe a sparkler. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> and for underrated, I'm going to piggyback off Brian, but because I was immediately thinking just like a good old traditional lager, being the PA boys we are, just like a yingling. Like, it seems like a nice, traditional, simple, very easy to drink, something you can give to anyone, but it's still more flavorful and different enough than a traditional Pilsner and a, like the Buds and Coors of the world, so... I don't know. I just think like they're not like most don't go for that like kind of traditional lager sense to it. So like every craft brewery has to have their IPAs and a lot of them all have to have their sours and some always have their like signature stouts and stuff like that. But it seems like a thing that's almost like an afterthought in these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's very common. I think the only, the closest thing that you see more people starting to branch out, it's not lager, but it's obviously a hybrid was like the cream ales like that mm-hmm. kind of mixed style of like it's super drinkable but it's it's approachable by everyone is like you see that but yeah lagers unfortunately and i love me some good lagers but man they don't get the love and it's part of the brewing process it's not as yeah. easy it's you know that's that's just a symptom of what it is if they it- if you have any listeners or viewers or anything that are looking for something that's similar to a pilsner but they just don't know the terminology. Uh, anything that says Hellas or uh, Kolsch or Cream Ale, like you just said, yeah. all of those, like they, they're uh, Kolsch and Cream Ale are obviously brewed as ales, not lagers. Mm-hmm. So that's why they don't have, they don't carry that lager, but they're still very similar in flavor profile. Yep. So, yeah. yeah and, I, and I also, I, I highly recommend. Anyone uh, that I know that's my friends at like like stouts or porters, I tend to push them towards dunkles just because yes. mm-hmm. they. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's a style I love the hell out of. So that's a easy, that's a good transition from out ales to lagers for them. Yeah, dunkles also kind of like a brown, uh, a brown lager. So yep. yeah, exactly. Yeah, so don't be afraid. Afraid try lagers when you find them, but. Uh, yeah, I think IPAs, it's pretty undeniable. That's probably the most overused, I think, at this day and age. Yeah. 
So next one, I can't wait to really see what your guys take is because we kind of mentioned it. Um, the last topic we do, and it's always uh, reoccurring, it's a which is better. We give two things, and I give a little bit of reasoning this time, more specifically for Steve and Adam. Uh, so which is better, untapped or beer advocate? Because the way I looked at it is both of these have unfortunately driven the people to, before you even try beer, you look these things up and they influence your opinion. We know untapped, obviously anyone with an app can go in there, put it in. Oh, I didn't try something I liked, blah. But a beer advocate in theory is a more catered, uh, someone who might have a little more beer experience. But we've also, Jim and I have noticed there's a lot of beers they've shit on where it's just, they're, it's not their type. So they get a terrible score from their official scores. I know they have their own version of like untapped. So completely leaving Jim and I's opinion out of it. We first want to hear, what do you guys think? Which is better, Steve or Adam, the untapped or beer advocate for beer drinkers? Steve, I can go first if you're good with that. Yeah, good. So for me, I I actually have to go with Untapped. I find Untapped is the is the better way to go, simply because with Untapped, I can use it the way I want to use it, and the way I like to use it is simply as a database of mm-hmm. beers that I have drank. You know, I can give it my own ratings, and I don't have to look at what other people have put in there beforehand. Mm-hmm. So I could just essentially use it as a spreadsheet. I don't have to go in and find what other people's ratings were. I don't have to see what other people's comments were and stuff like that. I can use it standalone. Whereas with Beer Advocate, I have to look at what other people are saying. I have to go seek out other people's opinions. So for that, I have to say that Untapped is better because I can isolate myself. And I could pretty much just do what I damn well please with it. Yeah. Nice. What about you, Steve? So I think it, it comes down to a question of what kind of drinker are you? If you're just kind of a, a regular run of the mill, got your khakis on, going to a tailgate uh, drinker. I feel, I feel attacked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I mean, you shouldn't because actually you're going to fall into the other category. But if you're just kind of that, you don't get into the minutia of drinking, then I think untapped actually is better for you. Because you're just going to get kind of a baseline bell curve of what a beer is. You know, if you're more into beer, like I would say everybody on this podcast right now is, I would say Beer Advocate is better. And not necessarily their main site, but their forums. Mm. Because their forums can, their forums tailor to region. Their forums have trade ability. You can't trade on untapped. You can find trades on beer advocate and there's also home brewing and that's you know that's more important for uh admin and we need resources to figure out how to make our beer suck just a tiny bit less <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so i'm gonna say beer advocate personally but if you're just like a regular run-of-the-mill beer drinker untap's the way to go because you're just looking for an average opinion that's what it is nice yeah, when I put this up here, I didn't, uh, as the guy that probably dives a bit deeper into beer between Jim and I, um, mm-hmm. 
you know, the untapped, I think you both said kind of the same thing, but it's ultimately, if I'm giving my gut check opinion of a beer, I think I align a little bit closer to the, to the untapped. If I'm going in beer advocate, it is that deep dive. It's a little more knowledgeable. It's a little bit more, it's a more of a commitment also because the ease of untapped and the app in itself, um, it was also one uh, to Adam's point, the number of times I'm like, shit, you know, I'm in thousands of beers at this point. I'm like, I don't know if I tried this one. Oh, I did. What's mm-hmm. almost fun is playing a game, a game against myself. I don't care what other people's ratings are, but if I retry a beer that I hadn't tried in a long time, I want to see if my opinion of it stays the same. And it ultimately, it, it always varies. It's never been like a drastic, like point differential it might be like a quarter differential but it is always interesting because i try to go like okay i'm about to put this in here oh shit i already checked it i didn't even realize i had this one in here (laughs) so it's a good gut check and i'm someone who loves keeping my list of things like i have a list of every movie i've ever seen from imdb like i'm i'm super anal when it comes to keeping track of shit i've tried um with beer advocate for a while there i was going in there and putting in reviews what i noticed though is it's like you get into that crowd of that ultra, I don't want to say beer snob, but like the level of reviews you see from folks. And I notice like the main, however they culminate their scores, like they shit a little too hard on some beers. I was like, really? It's not that bad of a beer. And then other ones like kind of like neutral would get from some people we know like they would seem to be jerking off a little too hard and i'm like yeah, <laughs> this one isn't really that good like what are we what are we talking about here so i just find that like untapped ease of access if i'm doing a gut check comparison to what most people feel and untapped has actually done the thing whether it's good or bad like most social media apps it recommends other beers and then i end up seeing them try them now i'm like son of a bitch i actually do kind of like this so <laughs> the it's algorithm like, works yeah i'm like shit this is actually it does know the styles i like and this and that so um i just like it for that i feel like if beer advocate could get out of the that you know old you only gotta be on a website this and that if they could figure out a way to bring that to an app that would be more applicable i might go with them but for right now i definitely stick with untapped yeah i think for me so both of them i'm bad for this one because both of them i haven't used since like 2015 so <laughs> it's been a long ass time but i just remember back in the day especially because we were so new with the site and with craft beer in general like I found the like the forum side and just like the general posting side of Beer Advocate to be so goddamn obnoxious, and of course it was with like an untrained tongue. Well, more untrained than it is now, but like even back then I'd be like, God, these guys are just ripping the shit apart so unfairly. And I just it was like it was to put it for like gamers who like dig deep. Like if you've ever been on Nintendo Age, like that like there's Atari Age, which is like open and friendly to everyone, and like there's some dickheads in there, but it's like not the majority. Where I found beer advocate to almost be the nintendo age where it was like you know this is the only good thing this is the only brewery that's good this is the only console that's good this is the only thing that's good that kind of deal so i probably should dip my toes back into both of them to give a better answer but for my limited experience i would say beer or no untapped is better but i also got to do have to give credit to on to beer advocate because if you want the hardcore opinion that's the place to go 
but yeah, just for I'm more of an everyman, so I would say untapped. <laughs> I'd say the one counterpoint to that is with untapped, since you're you know obviously able to have friends and stuff like that. If I know my friends' beer drinking tendencies and what they like and what they don't like, I can kind of see, you know, the beers that they drink. Would it be something that I would enjoy as well? Because mm-hmm. I, I have friends that are, you know, they are knee deep in hazy IPAs. But if, you know, for some reason they come over to this porter and they really like it and I know, okay, they kind of know what they're talking about with porters. That might be something I'll, I'll go find and try out. Yeah. It, yeah. it, as compared to going on beer advocate and, you know, logger jogger 33 says you have to try this beer. You know, I don't know who the hell this dire girl is. You know, I don't know if I could trust their opinion. They could be a shill or a bot. I don't know any better. Just, just to be clear. I never said use beer advocate for the reviews because all of you yeah. are right. It's just a bunch of snooty assholes. <laughs> no, no, like, you, you made it. No, you, you, you were just, definitely right. Like the forums are a better place, but it is funny. Cause when we have talked to brewers, untapped is both, both a blessing and a curse. It's mm-hmm. like, they're like, it's like a Yelp thing for them. They're like, shit, we almost try to respond to folks. Like if, if they're, they're hating on a beer, like, well, why are you hating on it? But at the same time, it's, you know, there's even something I've noticed. Um, whenever you're talking about a beer and reviewing, there's that atypical, I'll call it beer jargon or vocabulary of like, what does this beer taste like? And I've tried to explain to people who don't know beer, like, what malts and bready taste like and until you have enough beers like i can't ever explain it from food so i'm terrible at doing that i'm like you just i don't like you try enough beers and you'll know what malts taste like like mm-hmm. you know and, and beer advocate is nice because you can select from a play, flavor profile and there's been some times where i've been like oh, i'm not tasting the things they usually see i'm tasting something else I like I like that aspect about it because, like I said, it also is like a quick version of a review for me. So, like you said, Adam, that's a go-to. Like it just documents me like a database almost. Right. Um, but it's funny because brewers, I feel like they're like it's so tough because we think this beer is a great beer, but it only gets a three point two five, and you know it's it's not making that that great of a rounds and they think that everyone is influenced by the score they already see from the global score that may be the case it sounds like everybody on here i don't really look at somebody else like when i score something i'm just like this is what i truly feel i don't give a mm-hmm. shit what the actual score is mm-hmm. um but yeah it's like i can see where some brewers it could be a, a big sense of heartache for them yeah it, it, it untapped is very much a byproduct of like facebook groups as well so you're mentioning how like brewers brew something that they think is very technically proficient and that's fine but most people can't pick out that technical proficiency all they do is go on facebook post their beer and say is this good have you had this brewery and then they want to just be accepted so if somebody says it's good then they go oh yeah it is good they say it's bad it's bad and they don't uh there's not a whole i don't know it's it's a heart you don't want to say anything negative about the general public but most people who get wrapped up into this they're just looking for belonging they're not yep. looking they're not looking for a good beer they're looking for belonging and that's mm-hmm. why hazy ipas and their bland palates 
are you know so popular <laughs> and that's why people hate smoke beers <laughs> yeah yeah no it's it's not wrong gm what damn plebs yeah <laughs> right guys jim's like keystone for life Woo! <laughs> don't, don't you take my my beautiful boys away from me don't you cook me. <laughs> it's it's nothing against the general populace, you know, in alcohol drinkers. People have loved gin for years, and gin sucks. <laughs> See, I will disagree with that one because you get me a good Tom Collins, I'll be good all night. Here's the only difference: as someone who's been drinking way too much whiskey, bourbon, and gin, and every other style, the only thing I noticed with gin, and my one buddy taught us this at a wedding, was. My hangovers are not even a quarter as bad as when I do a good whiskey or bourbon night. Like if I go crazy whiskey and bourbon, I know what my next morning's going to feel like. For some reason, I can drink like half a bottle of gin and be like, I don't feel that bad. Like, I, yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah. but My breath is still switch. piney fresh. Yeah. Yeah. I taste like a pine tree. <laughs> yeah. There is, there is something just like cleaner about gin, but it just yeah. sucks. It sucks the taste. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, beer is interesting. And like I said, with Untapped and everything, <clears throat> beer advocate, I almost see, I don't want to say going away. I feel like that's that old standard for mm-hmm. hardcore beer drinkers. But more and more, like, I'm more curious, like, is there going to be a competition or is Untapped basically always going to be the end-all be-all? Like, you know, is that going to be the last frontier for beer sharing and opinions of it? You know, it, it will be until something better comes along. Yeah. No, yeah. It, it always just goes. The fact that just the fact nobody's invented anything like beer advocate has never innovated. They've always just been the long form the snob, snob blog, you know? Yeah. And uh, untapped is constantly innovating and correcting for the algorithm and then buying up as much uh, other platforms as they can to incorporate. Yeah. Stevie, you brought up a very good point how it was long-form snobbery. Mm -hmm. And you are absolutely correct in that because with Untapped, you know, if you're at a bar or a brewery or something like that, you're not going to sit at the bar or at the table for 10, 15 minutes and pound down an evaluation of the beer. You shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It takes away from the actual beer drink. Like, you can almost If you do, you're drinking alone. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. (laughs) But, you know, if you're at a brewery or at a bar or something like that, you chances are you're not going to be doing that. You're just going to, you know, give it a quick hit, maybe one or two sentences, rate it, move on, start up the conversation again. Yeah. Yeah. So what you guys are saying is we need China to come up with a TikTok for beer. To truly change the game. <laughs> yes, I need to do a dance and a duet to review my fucking point. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> No, but I think I think those were all like, they were great answers, and like I said, it was I was just curious because we talked earlier about Untapped, and it's always a hot hot topic for beer drinkers and brewers mm-hmm. alike. But um, no, with that, we do want to say, guys, thank you so much for coming on. We truly appreciate. It. We appreciate having us on your podcast once again. Before we sign off, please uh, shout out where everyone can find you, and there are links below. Yeah, go to at Hop Nation, and that'll just get you all our Instagrams. Also, search Hop Nation USA uh, on every podcatcher. Make sure to include the USA when you search Hop Nation, because there is a brewery out in the West called Hop Nation that we didn't know about. But you know, yes. honest, honestly, With a boring our, podcast. Yeah, 
well no they're not even they're not even a podcast they're just a brewery man <laughs> but uh yeah put that usa on the end because like uh i think we have a bigger reach than them at this point we've hit international they don't get outside of the west coast <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> All right. And with that, guys, we want to say thank you to everyone who's watched us. If you haven't already, please make sure you hit subscribe. If you're listening to us on iTunes or Spotify, please leave a rating. You'd prefer five stars. You can bash us in the comments. We always do read and respond, and we really appreciate it. But with that, we want to say have a good night, everyone, and cheers. Cheers, guys. Cheers.